All right, for tonight's episode of Slinging It with QB Velocity number eight, we are joined tonight by Malik Zayer. Malik, thanks for joining us. Man, thank you. You got the best episode for the number eight guy, you know? So, <laughs> exactly. Hey, hey, there you go. <laughs> exactly. We planned that. We planned that. So um, just a little background info on, on Malik for you guys. So um, very, very high, highly rated prospect coming out of high school um, as, a, as a dual threat quarterback. He ended up playing at, at Notre Dame um, and then ended up doing his grad transfer at Florida. And, and now he's, he's doing a number of things. Um, doing some broadcasting, giving back uh, to young quarterbacks, his knowledge. So um, very, very happy to have Malik on tonight. Absolutely. Uh, let's, uh, let's get right into it. So uh, Malik, when was the, uh, when did you first fall in love with the game of football? Shoot. I think it was uh, the competition. So, you know, going back to flag football days when I was like in second or third grade and, and having that camaraderie, and being the only child, you know, getting out there with like, you know, 20, 21 other people on the field, it just felt like that was the place for me to, to thrive and do the and do the best. And that competitive aspect picked up there. And, you know, I didn't want to put the football down after that. Yeah, awesome. So you just said camaraderie, like that's something you appreciate about the game. Uh, what makes you appreciate the game of football so much? You know, honestly, it's nothing else in the world where you, it's, from the quarterback perspective, there's nothing else in the world where you get to direct and manage 10 other guys in the field like that to accomplish one goal and being on your P's and Q's and, and making sure that you got everything in the right place is really, it's really a great chess game that I like to play. You know, that's why I love playing Madden. It's like my little chess, just to be able to have 11 guys on the field accomplish an objective in the midst of all the crazy stuff that happens in between and it's unpredictable. It's like better than going to the movies, you know, so that and then half of it is entertainment. So, you know, you got to have an entertaining value as a player, in my opinion. You know, a lot of guys that don't, it's not that exciting to watch. So it's a mix between being an entertainer and being like an ultimate warrior. So I appreciate the process of the game and what it brings, but the challenges that come with it and the unpredictability as well. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, man, like there's nothing like 11 guys getting together and being able to accomplish one thing. Like that is incredibly special. I feel like not a lot of people realize that. So in your opinion, what did you do on or off the field that made you stand out to like coaches, your teammates, et cetera? Man, it's, it's cliche to say it was the work you put in. Um, for me, I honestly just felt like my constant communication on and off the field. Like I was blowing up my coaches, talking to my teammates, building those relationships. Uh, it really comes down to trust. You get out on the field, there's so much going on. You gotta be able to really trust that person and really trust the coaches that they're thinking the same way you are, especially mm -hmm. in the heat of the moment, making sure the plays that you're looking for, y'all can y'all can be on the same page. Cause that's, that makes or breaks a lot of offenses and it makes or breaks teams. So. Constantly building relationships on and off the field is, in my opinion, the best way I felt like outside of just saying I worked hard, really, really meant something. And um, it came together very well when when the time came for me to be able to play. So um, that, in my opinion, separated me throughout my whole football career in terms of what was the difference between me and the next guys, you know. Yeah, so let's say you don't, like, let's say you don't necessarily get along with somebody that well. How do you, like, 
how do you make sure that you communicate and that you get on that same on the same page with that person? A lot of it is just having that common goal. Like, what is the objective of why we're even here together? You know, and when you're in that space of competitive work and, and team building, it's not really about liking the other individuals. Is what is it going to take to get on that same page to get the job done? And when you focus on the objective things in a relationship and the objective things when you're working within a team situation, you really avoid a lot of the emotional side and the things that come come with it that you really can't control. Like, I believe it's very important to build relationships on and off the field in court or whatever, because that's how you can really squash and handle the things that can come interfering in the and when you need it the most in the meeting on the huddle. Mm-hmm. Um, so super important for you to be able to, you know, not be emotional. A lot of times, so what if somebody doesn't like you? You know, like not everybody's gonna like you, and especially these fans. So you shouldn't worry about liking and not liking somebody, but how can I and you know, for yourself, challenge yourself, how can I get somebody that's not on board on board? And yeah. as a quarterback, you gotta really understand that because it can really make or break your whole operation and it's the smallest things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great stuff. So now getting into a little QB talk, you know, I'm a quarterback, you're a quarterback. So this is this is that talk that I really love to to uh, talk with other QBs about. So um, first thing, is there is there a particular drill that you did throughout your years or um, that you like now that, that you really like to do and and um, it was kind of like your, your go-to drill, uh, whether you did it like weekly or you did it every practice or anything like that? Oh, man, I was super ritualistic when it came to drills and, and fine-tuning my, my skill development. One of my favorite drills, I mean, it's funny because it's like, how do you explain a drill over the phone? But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually got uh, some pretty good drill work stuff from the Packers QB school, so there's some uh, simple like L L movements and and really just working on the small movements within the pocket with bags like those bags that you you do the the high knees over yep. uh, being able to get comfortable and moving in confined spaces and then just the daily continuous working on my motion man in the mirror uh, visualizing a lot where a lot of the things mentally that I felt help increase my my game that much more because at a certain point you can only do so many dropbacks and so many throwing to the out route so for me my my biggest changes once I got to a certain level was the mental aspect and visualization of the game mm-hmm. 100% I think I think that's definitely an aspect where a lot of younger quarterbacks at the high school even even at the college level as well they definitely underrate the the mental aspect of it and even sometimes the fundamental aspect too like you just mentioned that you'd go in front of a mirror, practice your throwing motion. A lot of guys aren't going to do that because it's not something that, that think, they think is cool and they're not going to – they don't do the stuff on their own. But that's the stuff that uh, makes a difference between taking that next step. Like you said, it took – those are things that took your game to that, that next level. Yeah, 100%. If you're not fine-tuning your, your, your game, it's, it's really a concern because at the end of the day, the quarterback's got to be the most technical in my opinion, if you want to be the most efficient. So as a the most efficient player on the team, even though you're not lifting the most or running the most, or even the most physical, you got to be mm-hmm. able to be most efficient. So that requires a lot of mental focus and it takes a lot of practice to do that. 100%. 
Now, if you had a if you had a young quarterback in front of you and he asked you for some advice, what would you tell him? Really, just being a great leader and having fun is is mm -hmm. really important. You can get lost in the competition of the game because you know quarterback competitions can be very competitive. You can get lost in not understanding how the politics of the game works. So the biggest and best advice I can give is falling in love with your game. And the only way you do that is by practicing to the point where you fall in love with getting better. And being a student of the game is so important because you don't know what you're going to be going into when you go to some of these teams. Cause like you go from high school to college, college NFL or college, wherever professionally, you're going to be in a different environment around different guys that may not be your best friend, like we talked about earlier. But when you fall in love with your own process, that's a really gravitating force for a team to get around and support you because they know that you're taking it serious and you want to see them do well by making sure you know your job. So a lot of that, like I said, relationship building, uh, mental training, being able to have fun with it and, and love the game, a lot of things that is, is really you wouldn't even be on the field for, you know, but these are the things that get you into that, that light where your first round pick gets you into that light where you can feel good about where you are in a quarterback battle. So um, those are the difference makers as opposed to something that is very cliche. You know, I try to stay away from the cliche quarterback quotes. <laughs> That's for sure. So, you know, of, of course, you know that lefty quarterbacks, there's, there's not as many of them. And um, do you feel like lefty quarterbacks are underrated with obviously yourself being a lefty quarterback as well? 100% underrated. A lot of it is because we give just a different look. I think mm -hmm. a lot of times the look is so peculiar that it works to an advantage as well as at this point, it's just a lot of comfortability with the right-handed quarterbacks. There's only one in the league right now with two of being the only left-handed one. Um, we definitely need more. as mm -hmm. in, And I think you're going to face a stigma just because a lot of systems are built off of the right-handed guy. You got to train yourself in both ways. But the left the left-handed quarterback in any offense is going to give you something, a different perspective. Every quarterback that's left-handed plays with a different kind of standout quality, mm -hmm. uh, which, is, which in my opinion is great. Like I, I didn't even play as many games as some of the quarterbacks I was on the same roster as, but the games I did play were better than some of their games. You know what I mean? So um, finding a way to be unique with that left hand isn't hard, but when you when you're in there, don't mess it up, man, because there ain't a lot of like <laughs> ain't a lot of us in there. So make us proud. Uh huh. That's for sure. So one thing, one thing I'm wondering is when, of course, you had a, you had a pretty serious injury during your time in Notre Dame. So what were some of the things from a, a mental perspective that helped you get back? Because, you know, that's, that's something that a lot of, a lot of guys struggle with when they, when they get a serious injury, um, whether it's legs, uh, upper body, head, whatever. So what are some things that you suggest that guys should do to come back mentally from an injury? You really find out how strong you are of a player mentally going through a season ending injury. A lot of it is because you have to, you get stuck watching. Not too many football players are right. used to being people that are standing on the sideline watching and being unable is even worse. So when you love the process and you love the journey of, of what it takes to get to where you want to go, 
it's really just another roadblock and another opportunity for you to advance your game in other areas. And a lot of guys don't appreciate that because they're so forward thinking on getting back on the field, but you can still get better as a player off the field, especially from your leadership standpoint. When you when you got guys on the team that's looking at you, still trying to make efforts to, to be impactful, even with not being uh, physical, it does something for guys seeing that. So um, your leadership skills are tested when you go through an injury and a lot of guys don't respond well, but the ones that do, you know, these are real guys. These are real stand-up solid guys that you can rely on. So for me, that was a, a big challenge, you know, especially since the fact we were winning and mm-hmm. um, supporting the team while you, while you winning. And, you know, I have my own personal feelings of how I felt like I was going to impact the team. It just, it's a lot that goes on because they don't prepare you for it. There's no book for it on how to deal with it. So being able to find that inner strength and like I said, fall in love with that process, you know, it's just something that happens. And before you know it, you keep falling in love with what you're doing you're going to wake up and be back on the field. So when you get back on that field, that's where it really matters too, because you can't look back and say time was wasted. Mm-hmm. 100%. And uh, I kind of want to, I want to add on to something about that too. Like if you're injured and everything like that, like take as many mental reps as you can. Like those are incredibly important. Obviously it's not being out there, but you can still learn while you're on the sideline, while you're like paying attention to drills and doing whatever you can to get better. And that's it. Yeah, that's for sure. So for you, what was it like being such a highly rated prospect coming out of high school and, and also being able to compete in the in the Elite 11, uh, of course, making it, making the finals and everything? You really don't get to think too much about it just because you're coming out and you want to keep going to the top. Like by the time you get ranked as a top high school player, you're almost done with high school. So you focused on climbing that chart in the college level and, and and continuing on. So being the end of high school and having a highly ranked uh, standing is great because now you want to be able to carry that momentum into the, to the to the next stage. So I felt like I set myself up pretty good uh, by doing that, especially going through the Elite 11 where, you know, I'm playing with Jared Goff and JT Baird and Max Brown and Christian Hackenberg. Um, a lot of guys that got opportunities to to get into the league and beating some of those guys, you know, I was called before Jared was for the finals, and I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, that's starting to run quarterback for the Rams. I mean, um, the Lions. So uh, that was a great benchmark going into college, being able to see where I stacked up, and and I've always been very competitive. So uh, knowing that I was going to see those guys down the road at some point. Um, I played a lot of them being at Notre Dame. Um, you got to appreciate it. And uh, knowing that when you see them have success at, on their college teams that you could have been doing the same thing. I mean, you, you saw them up close and personal and knowing that gives you confidence that mm-hmm. they go out there and kill it. I know I can do the same. Yeah, definitely. I remember, I remember watching that. I think I was, I think I was like 12 years old watching that. And that was a, that was a really you know, competitive, and that was that was an awesome oh, group of yeah. quarterbacks. We were super. It probably the most competitive one yet to this day. I mean, now everybody's fucking friends and stuff. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> we wasn't afraid of doing that time. Did it even more TV? Yeah, yeah, that was that was, a, that was an awesome one for sure. So, 
what what ultimately made you made you end up picking uh, Notre Dame coming out of high school? Just one of those things you just didn't want to say no to. You know, if any if anybody gets the opportunity to go to Notre Dame and play quarterback, it's hard to just put it past their top two. So for me, um, and being black, I mean, let's just be honest, being a black quarterback, Notre Dame is pretty fucking amazing. So uh, I didn't want to pass that opportunity up, especially because they just come off national championship and one of the top five teams in the country. And my own personal belief, just being competitive, with Gunnar Keel being the quarterback, mm-hmm. and that was no more quarterback in the class before me going there, and me doing well in the lead eleven, I was like, well, if I can beat those guys at Notre Dame, then there's no way I'm not number one. Like, how do you not, you know, add that up, right? So my math was right going in there. You know, I felt like that was the best uh, position to really just prove to myself. You know, if I worked this hard to get here, how far can I really go? So um, getting the chance to play at a place like Notre Dame. If you start three games, you're going to have a chance to go to the NFL just because it's Notre Dame. I mean, come on. Like, how do you? So it was just the perfect situation all the way around. I feel like if I deserved and earned my way to get on the field, there was no way I wasn't going to play good because you got to have a high expectation for that. But then just being out there on national television every week with a Notre Dame jersey on, you know, you're going to get some good looks from the NFL. So it was was really a win-win setup for me, and uh, it was a no-brainer. Awesome. Yeah, I mean. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, good. Go ahead. All right, all right. Uh, so now that we're talking about Notre Dame, can you talk about? Can you describe the tradition and the culture of Notre Dame football? It's really just you got to be there to really understand just the depth of it. Um, outside looking in, is it's just expectations, just like anywhere else, where you know you're in a position where you're expected to win. I don't think people really understand what that feels like on a, on a mass scale where at Notre Dame, you're not playing for no conference championships or whatever. Every game means something. Every game is damn near a rivalry. Every game is, is one game that can take you out of the playoff contention. So, you know, your standard is of competitiveness and your standard of what it takes to be the best just means a little bit more. And like I said, you're expected to win. So there is no, going into a season not thinking you're going to win a national championship, which is which is that pressure that you want, you know, the pressure I went there for. And it, it made me better. You know, I got to see a lot of – a little bit of everybody that's doing well in the league now. For me, either playing with them or against them, playing at Notre Dame, you get a chance to play all the way across the country. So seeing a little bit of everybody and um, watching the games now is kind of cool, you know, to see how guys' careers develop and – even the guys I played with careers develop. Yeah, awesome. So can you talk about your favorite memory while you were at Notre Dame? Oh, man, so many favorite memories. Uh, I just think the experience itself, you know, being able to remember having the feelings of excitement going there and then the same feelings of excitement leaving, you know, and everything in between. The the total experience is what I appreciate because I know it wouldn't, it wouldn't be something like that if I didn't, go after it you know I wouldn't have those same experiences if I didn't tell myself every day I can get there so just from being there in those four three and a half years and having the opportunity to get myself there it's probably my favorite memory you know just the process itself and uh, everything and networking that came with it yeah awesome so throughout this whole episode you've kind of talked about fostering relationships like within your team and uh your coaches and everything like that. Uh, so what teammate had the biggest impact on you? 
What teammate had to probably Greg Bryant, man. That's that was my best friend, uh, running back out of uh, Broward, Florida, West Palm Beach area. Um, my best friend going through it together. He was in my class. Uh, we, you know, have a lot of uh, inner interconnection within the games. You know, I, when I got out there, my first couple times playing a lot of games, I was his first couple times, and um, just the fact that we went through it together getting to that point and being best friends the whole way, you know, we had a lot of potential in what we could have did. And in the short time, we end up doing a good amount. So, um, you know, my best friend still to this day and uh, just the, the lasting memories that we had together at, at Notre Dame, just along with all my other guys, it just, it felt, felt like it was a place I needed to be. Awesome. Was there anyone, was there anyone at, um, during your time at, at Notre Dame or at Florida um, on the defensive side, whether it was like a DB linebacker that you always um, that you always loved competing against. Yeah, Jalen Smith, man, is my favorite player. I think you know I've ever played with just because, man, he's just a ne next level type of type of athlete. Just like Will Fuller was the next level, you know. Thinking back on it now, uh, those two guys, man, you you knew they were three and done, and you know, provided I not get hurt, I might be with them. So. Uh, it was really fun playing with. I mean, these guys make mm -hmm. the game easy. It made the kind. They made the game exciting, especially years I was there. And you know, there's no no question why they're still there now. I mean, they deserved it and they're getting their money, man. So, uh, shout out to those guys. And they were both in my class. So, ironically enough, out of all the players I played with, the best players came from my class, and I recruited both of them. So, that's <laughs> <laughs> all the all the credit to you for that. We kept recruiting them. <laughs> Well, they, they were definitely awesome, fun players to watch. So for you, how have you been able to use your experience from um, being a quarterback through your life to, to now what you're doing at, as, a, as a professional career? Yeah, uh, I, what really translated for me was the, the dedication I had for studying and really getting into winning games and, and, and going through the process of getting ready for games it was able to translate really well for when I started talking about it on TV, just because I know what goes into getting prepared for a game of, of, of a certain magnitude or being a starting quarterback throughout the week and what it takes and just playing a game out as if I was actually playing, except I'm not getting hit and I get to get on TV. So uh, it translated pretty well. And then just being a, a vocal person and, and working on relationships that translates anywhere you go. So it was pretty easy for me to be able to go in there and, and do my thing. And just on another team, you know, you go to corporate, it's just another version of a football team. So um, I was able to not be uncomfortable with doing something outside of football, just because the relationships make it easier when you know somebody, <laughs> honestly. So uh it plays a lot into your life and, and, and football teaches you a lot about different types of relationships. So I think uh, it all played in well together and got me to where I am today, man. Awesome. So what life lessons have that you've learned on the football field or in the film room or with your coaches and teammates? So how, so, uh, sorry. What are some of those that you use in everyday life? The biggest one is the, it's underrated, but it's the next man in. I think the next play mentality, the next man in, mm. you got to let a lot of things roll off your shoulders because like in the game of football, 
something bad happens or something unexpected happens, you really don't have time to dwell on it because you got that next play. You know, you got that next that next mission. It's okay if you don't accomplish it. You just got to keep going. So the next man in mentality or not dwelling on things that you can or can't control, I think is important. And it also helps you stay motivated and it continues that grind when you you take the lessons that you learn from what happens and you turn it up and, and, and make it something better. So next man in mentality is something that is underrated because outside of sports, it's not, it doesn't have the same urgency. You know, it doesn't have the same uh, impact on people and everybody else because there's a lot of little things that can happen in a workspace or in a, even in a relationship at home where people don't have next play mentality and they hold on to that shit forever and it just destroys um, the, the process in which you were trying to accomplish. So next man mm-hmm. mentality is huge. Um, paying attention to the details is another thing. Um, in the game of football, the details matter so much because those are the, the few inches that can change the whole game, whether it be, you know, if you're running towards the sideline, make sure you got a ball on the outside hand instead of the inside hand because it can get stripped because people are coming from the inside out. And, you know, running mandatory outside releases, you can't run a outside a out route by the inside receiver and you the outside receiver releasing inside. Those are things that you mm-hmm. – details that you can't do and that you got to stay up on because it can slip up and be a major – uh, casualty in the game so it's important as it translates to real life to really focus on those little details because the details may not impact you like it would be in a football game but it could easily require you to mess up and miss out on some money or who else knows mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love that next play mentality especially you know especially right now with everything going on with COVID it's like so many so many teams so many companies have to take everything you know, day by day, hour by hour. So really, it's just about, it's really about just winning every day and having, having, uh, being able to move on to the next, the next play per se, um, when it, when it comes to real life. So I, you know, I really love that, um, really love that mentality and completely agree. That's one of the best things about football is so many things translate from the field into, into real life. So, you know, so. Awesome. Awesome, Malik. Well, that's that's all we had uh, for today. Thank you very much for joining us again. Yeah, thank Yeah, hell yeah, man. Anytime, man. I love what y'all doing, man. That QB velocity is real out here, man. And then keep getting people on here. And, you know, I'm hoping I can add some value. Follow me on Malik Zaire anywhere on social media and stay up, man. We got a Lucky Lefty brand. Check it out. <laughs> Lucky Lefty Rob Bourbon. It's your second communion. So you go to church for your first one. And then you come home for your second one on some nice dinner or something. So absolutely, we're going to be out here. 100%. Make sure to go give Malik a follow. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, Malik. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.